Welcome to DustinsTravels.com, your home to fun, exciting travel adventures. And now your host, Dustin Saidi. Okay, everybody. Hello, and thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We're going to be talking about one of the most unique places in the entire world and the place that was number one on Karina's bucket list. But uh, now that she's done it, she needs to get a new, new number one. And that is Cairo, Egypt. Hi, everyone. Yeah, that had been my dream since I was about 10 years old. And I just would daydream about seeing the pyramids, seeing the mummies. And it finally came to fruition. And that's got to be probably top five, top ten bucket list on any traveler's mind out there. So the yeah. fact that we were able to go there and do it uh, was really cool. It's really awesome. It's one of those things where, hey, we, we don't look back on our life and say, oh, we should have right. gone to Egypt. We never mm-hmm. went to Egypt. We did it. We saw it. And it was every bit amazing and I think three times more so. Yeah. You know, there's always the stories about the Middle East and it's dangerous and all these stories, right? Which obviously play a factor when determining where you're going to be going to. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? You know, fear based or, you know, you're going to get these things done. And I think we took that approach and I couldn't be happier. And now I can say I crossed off my number one bucket list item. So yeah. And um, going so going to Egypt for me is just it's kind of like going to a different world. It's not something I think you can really explain to people. It's just it's a different world. The history there, the culture there, the way they drive like it's just a different world. Completely. It really is. Yeah. And especially, you know, for Americans, you're used to a certain type of traveling. You're used to a certain type of living. This is a whole different country out there you know like don't go with that mentality of like comparing things back home it's you have to take things as they are and appreciate the beauty in in the chaos yeah appreciate the beauty and the difference that's over there so so let's go into it you mentioned chaos um and the nickname we termed for the driving over there even the city in general was basically a harmonious chaos yeah yeah, and that was that's a perfect fit for it because everybody kind of knows each other. There's I didn't feel animosity between drivers, and it's one of the craziest experiences in terms of traffic. And we live in LA, where it's supposed to be the most aggressive driving in the United States, and this was completely something else. Yeah, so the when you go driving there, it's it's unlike anything you ever. I mean, seen. don't drive there, but be driven by someone else. Yeah, you. I don't even think they'll let you rent a car there. We probably should probably call not, hers yeah. to see. It. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but the driving there is pretty by certainly by American standards, you would say insane. Um, and they don't even have uh, seat belts at times. They don't have. Seat I didn't belts. have a seat belt my first right there. So. I didn't see. I didn't see like I saw one traffic light, but that wasn't in the city of Cairo or Giza. We stayed in Giza, which is next to Cairo. Yeah. I didn't see a single traffic light there. Mm. Um, and I remember when we got off the. So we got a ride from a driver who's taking us to where we were staying, and we got in the car and we just started going down the freeway, and it's a you know two lane freeway there, uh, two two lane go, two going one way, mm. and then um, our driver. There's two cars in front, one in each lane, one on the right, one on the left. And our driver just starts blitzing right towards the middle of them. But you know what? It's almost like very common to see people creating like four lanes in a two in a two way, you know? Yeah. So he he just started blitzing like right towards the middle. And we're all like holding on, like looking at each other. And, and he then, was enjoying that. 
Yeah. And then um, what happened was the two cars sort of just split. Like they saw him coming or driver like honk, like let him know, hey, I'm coming through. And they sort of split. And then that just started this one hour drive where it was just our guy was going in between cars. We saw a bus of the smaller, smaller buses. And we saw a guy actually standing on top of the car as they were driving because there wasn't enough room in the bus. He was standing on the car. (laughs) Um, we saw bikes, motorcycles with four people on them, including like a woman holding two or three kids as they're going down and swerving in and out of traffic. Yeah. And don't be surprised to also see donkeys or horses on the side of the street along with the buses and the cars. Yeah. It's, it's common to see these smaller cabs sometimes going the wrong way down the road. Yeah. It's uh, almost like a surreal painting, you know, like things from the past meshed in with futuristic you know cars and everything so it's definitely an, a whole experience just the drive around there yeah and even as we're saying that it's again it's easy to say oh they're they're unorganized they're chaotic and make a judgment on it but it's it's when you go there and you see like it's kind of the way they live there and it's in harmony like we do we didn't see really we saw like one accident like a car like on the side of the road but like you know i've seen way more than that in la um but every like no, we didn't see any live accidents happening, even though like it could have, and just it was just this amazing way that they all sort of were in harmony with each other. Yeah, and then they honk a lot, and for us Americans, I think that when you get honked at, it's almost insulting, right? You feel offended. But over there, they like they smile at each other. I saw that a couple times where they were honking at each other, and then they talk and laughed it off. So it's really interesting to see that dynamic between uh, fellow drivers. Yeah, honking's almost like a signal. Like, hey, I'm coming over here. I'm coming on your left. I'm coming on your right. Like, so, they, so they'll move. So just like say, hey, I'm, it's just an audio signal for them to talk yeah. to each other while they're driving. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was the first introduction to Egypt, I would say. So yeah. be prepared for that. Um, you know, going off of that, I would say don't drive. Rather get a driver um, to take you places. Yeah, so um, so yeah, let's talk about how to get around. And we're talking specifically Cairo now. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about how to get around. Like Karina said, don't rent a car there. Don't rely on public transportation. Um, Especially if you don't speak Arabic. Yeah. Um, the 100% you have to get basically a private driver. Or if you book tours, most of the tours will include like driving to and from wherever you're staying. So like... They'll drive you to the pyramids and drive you back and pick you up at your hotel. So a lot of that is included. For sure, do that. Um, an alternate way is to use taxis. Um, so you could do that. I think you'd be fine, but I think it's probably just a little bit better to use a driver. And it's so cheap there, so you might as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, and we didn't get – so when we were in South Africa, we had like a private driver for like three days, and you just pick us up every day and take us around. I don't think you necessarily need to do that. You could do it if it was part of like an extended tour. But um, when you're booking tours, which is re- how we recommend you see places, um, make sure it has a driver and mm-hmm. it will take you to and from the tour. Right. And most most of these uh, TripAdvisor packages include the the driver, and they will pick you up at your location. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about safety there as well. Cause I know, like you said, the Middle East, like people have this, you know, cloud view of it. Um, I felt, I felt like, I mean, aside from the driving, at least for the first, you know, 10 minutes, I felt pretty safe there. Um, I certainly didn't feel like people were trying to pickpocket me or I was going to like lose my stuff or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely the whole trying to haggle with you, trying to sell you things. Um, but people are just trying to make a living, you know, and we might, some people might feel as though they're like being harassed, 
but people are just trying to make a living, right? Um, you're talking. So you're talking about when we sort of when we go around. Yeah, yeah people exactly. are always they're always, ABS always yeah. be selling over there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I, I didn't. Think- I didn't get the sense that we were gonna get like mugged. No, or- not at all have someone come with a knife and steal our stuff. I didn't get that sense at all. That said, though, we didn't try out the nightlife either. So we didn't really expose ourselves too much during the nighttime. And we just kind of like stayed in a group because we went with my sisters as well. Um, I think there's different layers to the safety issue. One is uh, gender, obviously. Like having Dustin's a, a big plus. Um, we're brown, so we kind of blend in with the people there. Um, so I think there's Middle different, Eastern yeah, looking. there's different layers that go into it. If it, if it's a group of girls, you know, white, uh, blonde girls that I would say that's different, but I, I never felt like my life was in risk. And I think one or two nights we actually went walking to a restaurant that was a couple minutes away from where we were staying. Um, so it's just a matter like any place, be street smart, be in the lookout, don't walk around with alcohol or be seen, you know, too much. Well, they don't, they hardly, they don't have much alcohol there either. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but just, you know, those, the typical, you know, street smart, be on the lookout, don't do anything that will put attention to yourself. Um, and then also, you know, especially... This is a Middle Eastern country, and women do wear hijabs, and they're, for the most part, covered. So that's another thing to take into account. Don't attract too much attention to your body. Um, you know, try to blend in as much as possible, I would say. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's not mandatory to wear a hijab there. Yeah, um, we didn't. Um, but I know a lot of people do, and like you said, that is because of the, I guess, harassment thing that you were right. talking about. Because yeah. um, the, the Egyptians, they can be very... Um, Let's say in your face, not like in a violent manner, but like trying to convince you to buy their stuff. Yeah. Or a cabbie, if you a cab right. driver comes up to you, say, "Do you need a ride?" You say, mm-hmm. "No," and then he just says, "Well, where are you going? Well, what hotel are you staying?" And right. then he will not leave you alone for like ten minutes. He yeah, just and that really actually wants happened to, to us yeah. at the airport when we landed. Everyone was trying to get us to go in their cab. Um, so either they're being really friendly, they're trying to make a living. Um, so. You know, there's also this aspect of personal space is another very American thing. Mm-hmm. People don't necessarily have those boundaries or that concept. So just be aware of those things as well. Yeah, they'll they'll be yeah they'll they'll ask you your face. they'll ask you six they'll seven times you. and keep following you. And yeah. if they see you haven't gotten one yet, they'll still come up and ask you. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that when you're you know when you're walking around even some of the tourist sites. Um, you know, there's people selling stuff, saying take pictures with me and. Um, you know, they won't ask once. They'll ask two, three, four, five times and, you know, to, to really push. And a lot of that is because a lot of the country is, is sort of in poverty. So. Yeah, exactly. I think Egypt is one of the poorest Middle Eastern countries. I think our tour guide told us that people, most people live off of like $2 a day or something like that. So, like we said, they're just trying to make off, you know, a living. Um, just keep ignoring them or keep walking away. Um, and then eventually they'll leave you alone. And the culture there very much is um, a tip culture. So like, yeah. you know, the wages are extremely low. Right. So they really do rely on like tips from right. tourists and right. stuff exactly. like that. Like 
five dollars of your money or even a dollar of your money goes a long way over there for them yeah exactly. so keep that in mind like if you if you're traveling there just take some extra money and kind of give in give it to the local economy the people there because a few bucks a starbucks latte that we you know think is nothing here goes a long way over there exactly um now i did get a sense that they are very hospitable people yeah um because they're also very pushy too. Sometimes you didn't know if they're being nice because they're being nice or they're being nice because they want you to buy something. <laughs> and probably at some level, it's a combination of both. Right. But I think, you know, being it, uh, a Muslim country, that's also part of their religion, right? Like being a good host and opening up your house to people. And I definitely got that sense at our Airbnb, you know, where obviously they're not trying to sell you a lot of things. They're just being very friendly. Um at restaurants too, they would try to have a conversation with us, get to know us. Mm-hmm. So it was very a very warm culture, I would say. Yeah, they love talking to people. <laughs> um, and yeah, even when we got in from the airport, I remember the guy was checking our passports as we're coming in, and mm-hmm. he starts having a conversation with us, like, "So, where are you guys from? And you know, where are you going? You know, not like where are you going, like in an interrog- inter- interrogation board, but like where are you from and all that stuff." So we just started like chatting it up and like laughing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, in the tourist industry, you'll be surprised how many languages you'll hear. So when we go to the bazaar or you know, the pyramids or whatever, you will hear Italian, German, Spanish, Russian. Um, you know, I speak Spanish. So they were speaking to me in fluent Spanish, and I was really amazed. That yeah. was really, really cool to see how they really try to get to know you and uh, make references to the culture and things like that. It's really cool to see that. Most people don't speak English, I would say, but if you're in the touristic um, environment, then you'll you'll hear different languages that's really cool and i think it's part of their culture to try to obviously sell but also get to know people yeah they're very um getting to know you and being your friend is like a super important thing for them because you know they they at some level they survive on friendships too like they help each other out as friends and and whatnot um even financially like if you know these people they'll take you on this tour and help you with these guys Mm -hmm. out like hook you up with these guys Mm -hmm. and get a little commission on the back end or whatever but it's also sort of help each other out in that society yeah i mean you know they they have to learn how to survive and being nice helps a lot obviously i found at some level the egyptian culture was very practical as well so like you know in the united states we have lots of rules like Mm -hmm. for driving for example like you know stay in this lane don't do go too fast don't do this over there it's kind of like Figure it out, just don't hurt anybody, and, like, you're good to go yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we saw, you know, you, like you said, you, you see, like, a woman with three kids on a bike. She's got to go from one town to the other town. Like, she's just going to go from one town to the other right. town. Like, All right, then you also said, like, why go uh, loop around a mile from now if you could just kind of, like, sneak in. And, you know, you'll, you'll get a couple honks, but at the end of the day, you'll... You'll save yourself a couple minutes, right? Yeah, like if I can make a U-turn, I'll make a U-turn. Why do I need a sign to tell me right, to make a U-turn right. or not make a U-turn? Um, so we, we noticed a lot of that. Um, so that was, that was just interesting and I, I think kind of cool. Um, so let's get into kind of where to see specifically in Cairo. Um, so to get so there's a lot to do in Cairo. Um, we spent about three days there. I, that's definitely not enough. No, and it felt rushed. Everything we f- we did, to be honest, it felt a little bit rushed. And this was the place that I've been wanting to see for so long. I wish I could have had more time in each place. So that's something to keep in, into consideration. Yeah, so we saw most of the stuff we wanted to see in Cairo, but it, like you said, it was pretty quick. Like, go here, go here, go here, go here. So 
Um, we booked all our tours through TripAdvisor, and we found those to be um, pretty good. Um, it yeah. kind of depends on your guide, but overall, they were good. They were on time. They pick you up in a van. They've got air conditioning and whatnot. Um, so let's talk about the pyramids first, and that's since that's like the big thing in Egypt. Um, so some people think like there's the the pyramids of Giza, which is like the three you know triangular pyramids there. But there's actually a lot of pyramids yeah. all over Egypt. Right. And um, so within vicinity of Cairo, you can basically see four different sets of pyramids. One is the Pyramids of Giza. That's, you know, by the the Sphinx, the most popular one. There's also Saqqara Step Pyramid. Um, there's, Which I think it's one of the oldest ones too. Yeah, it's the oldest pyramid in the world, I believe. Um, then there's the Red Pyramid and then the Bent Pyramid. So let's start with Saqqara. Sure. Um, so like we said, that's one of the oldest ones. So it's already very special to to see it because it is so ancient. Um, and it's definitely not as popular as the Giza Pyramid. So it's there's less people there. And it's um, about an hour and a half actually outside yeah. of Cairo, Giza area. Right, right, right. And around it, there's a lot more things to see as well, like ancient sites, temples, things like that, that you should definitely check out if you have the time. Um, yeah, so if you go to Saqqara, go with a guide because otherwise you're going to go there. It's not like there's inscriptions everywhere that describe everything in the history. You need a guide to tell you about the place, what happened and whatnot. So um, Saqqara, I think, is almost 4,000 years old, the pyramid. Yeah, some, yeah, more than that, like 4,800 4, years old. Yeah. And this is the famous pyramid that was built by Imhotep. Um, if you've ever seen the mummy, he was kind of like the antagonist who, well, he was the mummy, right? But actually that's, none of it is true. This was a very intelligent man. He actually kind of became a patron saint for ancient Egyptians. Um, so he was kind of like the, the, his portrayal in the movie is not, oh yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. He was more like an intelligent man. Um, yeah. So something cool to check out. Um, so yeah, there's Saqqara. Then there's a city nearby. I think they had this this like tunnel thing. Yeah, I don't think we saw that. We didn't see that. No. Because um, again, we were almost a, like an un- underground temple or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so another pyramid, sort of nearby, is the Red Pyramid, um, and this is called Red Pyramid because it's red. <laughs> yeah, I guess the the limestone, the blocks that were used. Uh, to build it have this reddish tone to it and you can actually go inside this pyramid which we did and it's really cool because you have to go down um, and then go up so that was very interesting to do and you have to kind of like go on your back right yeah it's not very small it's not like you know they got the handlebars and you walk down the stairs you have to go enter it backwards and sort of you're not crawling but you're crouching as you go down backwards and then you get to the bottom um and then you go inside and you can see where the um where the sarcophagus was right but it's not there anymore but you saw like where where the ruler at the time was buried um, so that was cool. That's a good pyramid to go down inside of. You can mm-hmm. actually go inside the Giza ones, but I've, I've heard it's not quite as good and it's more yeah. crowded. So if you want to go in a pyramid, the red pyramid is a good yeah. one to do. Yeah, and like you said, it's not very crowded, so it's you know you you'll you can take your time. Um, if you are claustrophobic, maybe 
Maybe avoid maybe, it, yeah. Yeah, maybe not because it is very tight space. Yeah. And it's one person after the other one can like lined up going down. Yeah. Uh, so just something to know. But it's really cool to be inside a pyramid just in and of itself. Oh, and I think there was also like a weird smell. Do you remember what it, that yeah, was? Yeah, something with the bats too. Like, is that where the one where the bat, they found the bats? Probably. There? I can't remember. But the, there was some type of smell because of either animals or... Yeah. Yeah, because the air gets trapped Sulfur. there, kind of. Yeah, the air gets trapped down there, so it's not like it yeah. just comes out. Yeah. Yeah, so that's you know something to consider. But I mean, I would recommend. It. I would do it again if if we went. Okay, let's talk about the bent pyramid. Um, so again, we were sort of in a rush, and we were supposed to go to go closer and see it, but we did see it from a distance. Um, and I think because I was taking so much videos and pictures, <laughs> our guide was getting a little bit frustrated. Um, so the Bent Pyramid is basically, I think it was a structural like design flaw, right? It was one of the first pyramids that they built there and they like messed it up. Is that why it was bent? Or am yeah, I completely yeah, I wrong? Think, I think something like that. I'm trying to find my notes, but I can't find it. Um... Okay, so the Bent Pyramid was something, it was just, it's kind of near the other one. So it's kind of cool to see and, um, you know, it's part of the tour and, and stuff too. All right, so then um, let's go to the Giza Pyramid. So these are the famous ones. Um, so the, there's the city of Giza, which is right next to the city of Cairo. And mm-hmm. you don't, it's not like really distinguishable. Distinguished. You, you don't really know you're in Giza or Cairo. It's kind of like, um, like we thought we were staying in Cairo, but I guess technically we were staying in Giza. Right. So these are the three pyramids. Um, these are the most famous. This is right next to the Sphinx as well. Uh, so again, you book book a guide or a tour or something when you go there. Um, and this is a place where you have an opportunity to do the, your your Instagram photos, where you can ride camels <laughs> right by the pyramid, and it's like it's like you're going back to ancient Egypt. So they've done a pretty good job of keeping that area um, sandy still. So one side of the pyramids it's like right next to the roads, but the other side is all sand. So you can get on camels. Or um, I think donkeys, right? Or horses? Horses. Horses if you prefer. Um, I say you go with a camel, obviously. But get on camels and then ride it. You get a ride sort of in that area. There's different tours through different time periods, but a lot of them are about 30 minutes. If you book a camel, like when you go in there, you can do it for longer if that's what you really want or for a couple hours even. Um, I would have liked to do done it more, a longer time. 30 minutes was kind of short. Um, but it kind of depends on what your priorities are, what you want to do. Do you only want to see Giza and not the other pyramids or what? So you got to sort of pick and choose the time. But that was a cool experience, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you're standing in front of something that's been there for so long. Um, it's very humbling, you know, to know that these structures were built by common people and have surpassed, you know, thousands of years in fact, Cleopatra, I think she was the last emperor ruler of Egypt, and this is like in the Roman period. The pyramids were already considered ancient by the time she was around, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really, really cool to be in such a historic place. And who knows what stories they could tell if they if they could. Yeah. If they could talk, you know? Yeah. People and governments have come and gone, but the pyramids have lasted the test of time. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I had a dream, I think, that night that they were spaceships. So it's really interesting because people give have given them hundreds of hundreds of different meanings, right? Like tombs, um, energy centers, healing centers, things like that. Um, obviously, the most common 
one is that these were tombs for uh, three generations of pharaohs. And something cool to know uh, is that the tallest pyramid belonged to the grandfather, the -hmm. middle one to the father, and the smallest one to the grandson, I guess, because they didn't want to be more... Higher, they didn't want to be higher than the previous generation. It was kind of like a respect um, for them. And then they have smaller little pyramids around them for their wives or uh, important people who who w- were buried um, after the pharaohs. Yeah. Um, yeah, truly marvelous experience there. Um, yeah. The Sphinx is also right by the three mm-hmm. Giza pyramids. The Sphinx, you're going to be shocked at how small it is compared to the pyramids. They <laughs> yeah. sometimes portray it as like as big as or pretty big, but it's it's pretty small. Right, right, right. It's right, still right. pretty big, but it's pr- really yeah. small compared to and the pyramids. And you can't get like super close to it either. Like there's kind of like a bar. It's barred off. So you could take pictures, but there are a lot of people trying to take selfies with the Sphinx. Um, but something really cool about it is that the it has a lion head, right? Or a human, sorry, human head with a lion's body. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a symbol of power, but also wisdom um, that the pharaohs wanted to portray. Um, and kind of like a guard for for the pyramids. Yeah, that, yeah, that's really cool. Um, all right, so... Oh, and also just be mindful that there are a lot of um, people trying to sell you things all over the place. And they will follow you, like we said earlier, um, if they so, yeah. see you buying from someone else, they'll yeah. they'll they'll try to give it for you, to you for cheaper. They're like, oh, you're a buyer, so let me yeah. come and sell. And I think too. for the most part, these are like cheaper and um, souvenirs that you can buy there. So if you wanted to get um, something, some gifts for your family or friends, it's a cool place to to get it. But know that these are kind kind of like cheaper quality, and you should haggle with them too. Don't take it at the first price that they drop. And you could probably. Drop the price at least 60, 70%. Yeah. Not even half off, like more than that. Yeah. Go more than that. Um, so some other things that they had too is like a Sphinx light show, which is kind of cool. They do like mm-hmm. lights and stuff there, but it wasn't amazing. And they, they narrate a story and um, personify the Sphinx and the pyramids and talk a little bit about each pharaoh. It's definitely very touristy, uh, the touristy thing to do. The light show. So that's yeah. a separate thing you could book right. like through TripAdvisor. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, amazing. I thought it was okay. No, yeah. I mean, I don't think I would do it again. Yeah. All right. Um, So that's... We did all that pretty much on one day. Oh, we didn't even talk about Memphis, too. Oh, yeah. Which was the ancient capital of Egypt. So we did this, too. All this is within driving distance of Cairo. All these pyramids and Memphis. And Memphis, it's, it's again, the ancient capital, and it's, um, it's... it has a giant Ramsey statue there. I think the yeah. biggest one they found um, is in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And it's this huge thing, like, as long as a building just lying there. Really amazing. Right, right, right. It was found uh, facing down on the Nile River. And I think um, it portrays Ramses kind of like a god, like a younger version of himself, muscular, kind of like stepping forward. Um, but I think he was already old when they had this statue of him built uh which is really interesting to see how we as humans have been trying to portray ourselves in a in a better version right we do this with filters and things like that so you know the pharaohs were already doing this thousands of years before that's a thousand year old instagram (laughs) that's funny 
Um, so that we basically did all that in a day. Again, very, very rushed. So if you can, break it up in a few days. But, you know, you may not have the time to do that. And at least you'll have seen everything. Um, so on a day two, you definitely want to go hit up the Egyptian Museum. Um, most of the stuff in there was from Ramsey's time period. And, mm-hmm. I, and what we learned was that Ramsey... So it was kind of more an older Egypt that they built the pyramids. But they noticed the pyramids kept getting looted by... Um, you know, thieves. So later periods of Egyptian, of ancient Egypt, they actually just, they stopped building giant pyramids. Mm-hmm. They started building more of these like um, temples or statues and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear all these things about the Egyptian museum and you, it's definitely something that you should check out. Um, if you're a history nerd like me, you'll definitely want to spend several hours. You can easily spend there a whole day because it has so much to see. Um, with that in mind though, I honestly thought that the Egyptian museum was a little bit run down. It felt like something from the 70s or something like that, where these descriptions have been there for, like, decades now. Um, and you can actually, like, go touch the yeah, artifacts. which and- is really strange to me. I was, you know, thinking that they would have these in behind a crystal glass or something. Uh, but, I mean, I wasn't touching anything, but just something interesting to to note. Yeah, they don't they don't make it like, hey, you can come and touch. I think it's just they don't have enough like money Funding. or space slash know is, you know yeah. initiative to want to yeah. clean it up. But they are recreating the Egyptian museum. They're building a new museum. Yeah, that, it's supposed to be very be high in, end and nice. And Giza, I believe. It's gonna be a huge, very modern like um things that have never been exposed in the Egyptian museum will be in an exhibition at this new museum. I can't remember the name of it. But. Yeah, because a lot of the artifacts aren't even on public display just because yeah. they don't have room to show them. They're, right. they're in archives down yeah. below. And I think that a lot of these are still under study, right? Um, scientists or archaeologists are still discovering new things about them. Yeah. Um, one thing, too, that they have, this is like the crown jewel, I think, of the Egyptian museum. They have King Tut's. Yeah golden mask and all his sarcophagus. These had like four different uh, sarcophagus. Yeah, the chamber where he was found. Yeah. Um, so all the King- things that, that he was buried with, his sandals, his jewelry, personal objects. Most of the pyramids that have been discovered um, basically had been robbed, but King Tut's tomb had not been robbed. Right. So they found everything intact, yeah. all the gold and everything there. And that, you can go see that and the face and everything, which yeah. is... Really, really amazing. Right, 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 right. And he's, you know, the famous king boy, right? The the young teenager king who mysteriously died. There's a lot of versions about how he could could have possibly died. Some say that he was a warrior indeed and died in a battle. Others say that he was a sickly child. Um, others say that he was hunting. So there's different stories. And I don't know if they have... One that it's a hundred percent sure, but it's definitely interesting to see things that belong to somebody, you know, like yeah, from thousands of yeah. years ago. Yeah, and like then, and this was a seventeen-year-old boy, but maybe at the time he was considered older. You know, like I don't think a seventeen-year-old from nowadays is equivalent to a seventeen-year-old from three thousand years ago. Yeah, exactly. And um, and you know, there's the the curse of course of King Tut, the guy who found his tomb. Yeah. I got a weird disease, and his dog died at the same time, all this stuff. Yeah, the lights went out in Egypt. Um, who knows, you know? But it's yeah. definitely interesting to to see all of that stuff. So that's for sure something you want to see. Um, There's also other mummies you can see as well um, behind a glass. Um, 
Oh yeah. So was it that was in the Egyptian Museum? Yeah. We saw all the dead kings, right? I don't know if it's all of them, but, but it's definitely a lot of mummies. And I think you have to get a special pass at the Egyptian Museum. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. So these are. This was incredible yeah. because we hear about mummies and we're like, okay, like, you know, you don't really know it. But when you go there, so we went there and there's this room with 15, like, Egyptian emperors. And they've put right. them all in one, including Ramses, right. King Ramses. And right. you see their dead bodies yeah. still preserved. Right. Like, you can see their toes and their hair and their head and their... Yeah, their eyelashes. Their eyelashes. And it's their not... Teeth. Their teeth. Like, and just this, A, to see all those... Uh, all the kings, like all the top rulers right. of the time in one room. And to see like an actual mummy and like see it, it's a real thing, not right. like some manufacturing thing. That was right. really incredible. And I don't know, it, it makes me feel like, you know, when I die, <laughs> what will happen to me? You know, like I'm sure these guys never thought that they would be in display in a, in a museum. You know, they thought that they were going to encounter the, the gods. And thousands of years later, here we are. And, you know, some people like, take pictures of them or like laugh at their bodies, you know, like it's very interesting to, to see that, you know, the, the forces of life and death together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I was looking at them, like if you could wake up, what would you say? You know, what, what would you tell us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I saw one with curly hair. I'm like, oh, am I gonna look like that when I die? You know, like everything that they thought their bo- will happen to their bodies, like it's this now. So yeah. like, you know, everything we think we're creating or doing or going, like maybe it's something completely different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was really really fascinating. Um, so again, that's an extra pass at the Egyptian Museum. Totally worth it. Yes. Um, okay, so then let's talk about the Coptic Quarter. This is Old Cairo, the Christian part of Egypt. So um, in Egypt, as again, pr- prim- primarily a Muslim nation, um, but it's about, I think, 20% Christian, mm-hmm. all of Egypt. And it's a big part of their culture. There was a Christmas tree in the airport when we arrived, which, you know, I found a little bit shocking and some people might find shocking from like a Middle Eastern Muslim nation. Um you know, they, they they live in perfect harmony with Christians over there. Yeah, and they have so for 2,000 years. You know, actually, something that I learned is that Christianity came before Islam did, right? I think by the 3rd or 4th century. Into Egypt, Egypt yeah. yeah. A lot of the population in Egypt was Christian. And then uh, the Arabs came over, invaded, and converted a lot, most of the population. But yeah, they've been in coexistence for thousands of years now yeah i think christianity was there for about 300 years was the main religion and then islam came in and now that's the main religion um so this old the coptic quarter you could see um so the old christian area and uh they have this thing called the hanging church Mm -hmm. and you want to go on some of the history there sure so so before the christians or people converted to christianity egypt became part of the roman empire right so they had fortresses and um by the time the Romans were losing, they, you know, Christianity came and they built this church on top of two towers. So that's why it's called Hanging Church because it's actually, it doesn't have like a, a base on the floor. It's the base of the church are two towers. So it's really a, a really interesting piece of architecture. And also, um, so Egypt in general is just, we talked about the history there, but it's just, it's almost like the center of the ancient world because you had... Uh, Christianity, the Jews were there. The mm-hmm. Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims have all mm-hmm. been there. And there, we saw a spot where, I believe, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus yeah. were in hiding. It's called the Cavern Church of Abu Serga, I believe. 
A-B-U-S-E-R-G-A. And, you know, the, the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus left uh, Jerusalem uh, because they were persecuting people there. So they fled down to Egypt and they were there for a couple years, I believe. And they have monasteries or churches everywhere where they believe that the whole Holy Family stayed at. So this was one of them and probably one of the first uh, areas where they uh, were located. Yeah, so you can see the actual spot where it's believed yeah. that they were like it's in hiding. It's kind of like a cave. There's uh, a well where they believe that they would get water from. So it's really cool to see that. It's, you know, it, it has this element of spirituality to it. Yeah, so spend a few hours in the Coptic Quarter for sure. And then also the Egyptian Bazaar. That oh, is wait, a, sorry. One more oh. thing before we go into that. They also have the Ben Ezra Synagogue in that area as well. And tradition has it that this was the area where Moses was picked up by the queen um, and took Moses as one of his her own. And if you know the story, you know, Moses went on to liberate the Jews who were enslaved by the Egyptians. And the whole story of Passover probably took place in these in this neighborhood. So it's really cool to see that. Yeah, really amazing. Um, okay, let's go to the Egyptian Bazaar. Yep. So Egyptian Bazaar, it's just, it's a cool Middle Eastern Bazaar. You could buy all your like Middle Eastern looking, <laughs> you know, gadgets and gizmos and, um, you know, decorations. Um, it was, it's a lot of fun to kind of it just is. go peruse the Bazaar. And again, people are very friendly. They are trying to sell you things, but they're, you know, you could tell they're good people. So they'll treat you. They'll probably offer you some tea or something. Um, they're, they're, you might also see people play music, um, playing the drums. So it's a whole experience in and of itself. I wish we could have had like half a day there to see everything that they have to offer. Yeah, unfortunately, we're only there for like an hour or so. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Again, we were super rushed. I would love to go back to Egypt to do it at a slower pace, but you definitely have to check out the bazaar. One thing to, that we didn't like was the Nile River Cruise. Now, I think there's different ones, and if you find the right one, that's great. But we did this, the touristy one on TripAdvisor is like 30 bucks or 20 bucks. Uh, didn't like it. It was super yeah. touristy. The food was not very good at all. Um, not that cool. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, they, had, they had one belly dancer, and then... What was it, like the skirt dance or something like that? Yeah. So got, that was really cool was to cool, see. Yeah. But again, kind of like cheap quality. We had a bottle of wine, which is not very good at all. Oh, yeah. Don't order wine in <laughs> Egypt. And we had just come from um, Cyprus and had really good wine. So like, oh, let's repeat the experience. <laughs> yeah. We were so disappointed. We didn't even finish like our first cup. Um, yeah, yeah, like they're said, not the, good with their wine. Yeah, yeah. their the food wasn't very good. People were smoking indoors, so that was annoying. Um, the dance, the dances are cool. If you could see belly dancing or any type of dancing in Egypt, I think that's really cool. But yeah, wouldn't recommend this Nile River cruise. Yeah, one other thing in general. Um, again, it's the harmonious chaos, but generally Cairo was was pretty dirty. I think in general, like yeah. They, it's sort of, it was sort of sad to see you, you, you learn about the Nile River, you learn it as like the giver of life, the giver of life. It created this ancient, amazing society. And you look at the Nile River now, it's just like, it's dirty. It's It's a sewer. Even parts of like when we were driving on the outskirts, they, 
they don't have anywhere to put trash. The infrastructure is not there, so they will just go pour their trash into the Nile as, as a common thing. Right. Um, so it was really sad to yeah. see. Yeah, and I, I, our tour guide talked about, you know, like the richness of a country lies on its people, right? Um, you want to have a rich country, have well-educated people. And I think that's one of the things probably that people are on survival mode and mm-hmm. maybe education is not a big priority, and it's just really sad to see that, you know, and maybe they don't make the connection. I don't know. It, it was disappointing to see how the Nile River is kind of like a dumpster. Yeah. And like you said, the city's not very clean. It kind of felt like a sandstorm and a civil war happened at the same time. And they haven't cleaned honest. up since. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind again, but just be sensitive. This is not home. This is a different part of the world. And they have a long history and... It is a very poor country. Um, but, you know, you have to take the good and the bad together, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, let's talk about where we stayed because where yeah. we stayed was incredible. So we stayed at an Airbnb. It's called the Pyramid Loft. Yeah, and this is no, you know, high-end uh, hotel because you can also do that, right? But this was a local Airbnb with really nice hosts and amazing views of the pyramids. And there was... I mean, it wasn't high end, but I don't think I didn't get the vibe. It was low end either. It was like it's like a hostel, but it's on yeah. Airbnb. But it wasn't too hostily like you might see where they cram ten people in and it's yeah. all nasty and dirty. Right. This was relatively clean, maybe not like as a hotel. Mm-hmm. I say it's mid tier between a hotel and like a hostel. Uh, but the reason to stay here is because it's very close to the Giza pyramids, and you can see the pyramids from the top loft. Yeah. And we saw the sunset there on our first yeah. night by the pyramids. And that was just, that was like that bucket was list. I mean, it, if you're going to stay anywhere in the city, you might as well stay somewhere where you have amazing views, right? And the place to do that is by the pyramids. So we would definitely recommend it. It's called Pyramid Loft, right? Yeah, Pyramid Loft. Or yeah. Pyramids. No, loft. Pyramid Loft. Pyramid I Loft. Think, yeah. yeah. And it was really cheap too. I think breakfast was like $2 and a really big delicious breakfast like a typical egyptian breakfast and the rooms were super cheap i don't know like yeah 10 20 bucks a night per person if right. that i yeah. think something yeah. like, something crazy yeah um they have really good service like we said the the people who work there are really nice very helpful um they call you sister brother yeah. which is makes makes it feel like a sense of community you know you like you're staying at an uncle's house or something like that yeah it's funny we when we went on our tours almost every one of our tour guides was name was mohammed i think that's just <laughs> yeah. the most common right it's like a maria in mexico right yeah everybody all the guys are called mohammed so sometimes they'll actually go by their last name so the name might be mohammed but they'll just say my name is their right. and they use their last name to right. distinguish between them yeah. that's funny yeah, so definitely check out this place. Um, it has really good reviews on Airbnb, Pyramid Loft, uh, great views of the pyramids. You can stay out in the loft and the um, rooftop for as long as you want. You could be there sunrise, sunset, uh, midnight. And it's also a place where people congregate and you get to to meet people from different parts of the world. Like we met a guy from France, someone else from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a place where you can socialize too. And we didn't have the greatest food around Egypt, but this place had really good food. They do a good job cooking. I think you said that breakfast, dinner as well, Mm -hmm. they do that. Um, and then last thing to talk about the, want to talk about the call to prayer that they do? Oh yeah. Because that's something really unique to uh, Middle Eastern Islamic country. Right. It's, it's definitely something that I've never experienced. 
and it does feel like a little bit scary because it echoes in different parts of the city. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also really cool to to experience like this religious part of the culture. You want to say what it is? Although people are not very religious or they're very casual about it. So five times a day right or maybe three i can't remember right well now. I, I think five times but um we heard it like three times but anyway so they get on a speaker for the whole city to pray right it, it congregates or it calls people to pray together um and so it, you'll just be doing your thing then all of a sudden you'll hear Akbar, and they just start echoing throughout different right. different parts of the city are starting to play yeah. it yeah if it's uh i think sunrise it will definitely wake you up yeah but, you know, you'll fall back asleep. And yeah. I, I didn't really see anyone, like, stopping in the middle of the day or the night to do their prayers. Uh, which it's is, just part of the, like, culture yeah. there. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, call to prayer. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super unique. And it's sort of, like, you'd never see that here because people would be, like, like, a nuisance for people. Right. Like, why, well, yeah. why am I hearing this, like, noises in my right. apartment waking me up? Right, yeah. Right, right. But over there is part of the culture. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting, I think, in general, like, they do the call to prayer to remind people to pray, but like nobody stops and right. prays. But it also reminds me of like if you go back ancient Egypt, you have the these um, the, the pharaohs who were basically saying, "Yeah, we're you know preparing for the afterlife and going to the afterlife." Right. And you think everybody believes that, but when you look at what happens is like after they they die and they get buried immediately the people who are helping build this pyramid they go yeah, and they work yeah. with the local government there or whatever and they go loot it. So like. Right. People didn't really buy into that, I think. Right. At the normal people didn't buy into that. Maybe at the higher level they tried to use that to like right. for whatever reason, but people don't buy into that. And I think even now, like when you're in Egypt and culturally with a religion, like, okay, I know you're doing call of prayer, but we don't like buy into every little thing that you're telling yeah, us or to do. Not necessarily even that. It's just like I have things to do, you know, like I need to work, I need to feed my family. And I think most of the population throughout history has been on survival mode, right? Mm-hmm. It has been the working class. And at the end of the day, they just need to survive. They need to put something on the table for their families. You do see, though, however, um, and I guess this is for, like, the older generation of men, but a lot of men with kind of, like, a circle in their foreheads, and that's kind of, like, a symbol of how much they pray. Do you remember seeing that? Uh, like, I don't, I the don't older remember. guys with a dot right here. Okay. Because they bend down five times a day or whatever. But mm. I think that's for the older generation who is more religious. But okay. the younger people and definitely like most of the population are just, you know, doing their own thing. Yeah. All right. So that is pretty much it on Cairo. It's, again, super cheap there. So you don't need a huge budget to, you know, stay there or get around. Um, but that's what we recommend. And anything else? Um, you know, don't be afraid to experience a new culture, a place that, might seem a little scary, daunting. You don't speak the language. You don't know the culture, the history, the religion. But, you know, at the end of the day, our common humanity connects us, right? And I think going with that mind mind frame uh, helps you get over those fears. Um, it's nice to travel in a group, I would say. If you can, go to Egypt, travel with a group. If not, you know, like we said, try to meet new people there and uh, you'll be surprised how many, how diverse it is. Yeah, well, we met a lady there at, with the Midwest or something. She was there for three weeks by herself, like yeah. this very white blonde, remember her? Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, don't be afraid, you know, like go into the unknown and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it as much as we did. Um, so, yeah. 
So that is Cairo, Egypt in a nutshell. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Please, if you like it, please give it a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening and share it with your friends. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dustin's Travels. And we're also on YouTube, Dustin's Travels. Feel free to send us any questions. If you're curious about anything else, uh, we'll be more than glad to answer any of your comments or questions. And you can email us, Dustin's Travels at gmail.com. Thanks again. Ciao, ciao, friends.